0: Uh, so did, did you have a story for me? I have so many stories, uh, that I could share with you about, <laughs> about this past week. You know, if you don't have a story for me, every,
1: every week you prompt this with, do you have a story? Because I have so many stories, I have so many stories every you. week you prompt it like this where I'm like, even if I did have a story, you know, it reminds me of, of a, like a little kid being do you have like, a story.
0: Cause I have a better one. Yeah. <laughs> and it reminds me
1: of a little kid being like, do you have games on your phone? Cause I want them. I want them. Do you them.
0: Tamagotchi? Because I have five. <laughs> yeah,
1: right? So I will. Wow,
0: two of them just died again. <laughs> Why did I get all these Tamagotchis? I can't I'm keep on. I'm, I'm learning no lessons about child rearing. <laughs> wasn't you, that the point of
1: this i think so you can you can tell a story i'll i'll, I'll give you the storytelling this week do you
0: remember those kids who had like five tamagotchis and like every day was a tragedy in their oh life my God, when we yeah. were growing up i like remember you're on the playground they're like crying they're like my tamagotchi died again it's like well you should have been feeding it like they're like i don't know the feeding schedule for all five of them it's all different it's like well you maybe shouldn't have that many children like,
1: spreadsheets <laughs> spreadsheets don't exist yet sorry
0: not when you're eight. Like, that's no. just, like, like when you're eight, you just you just want the little dancing, cool, thi- like, you know, eight-bit thing on your... What, eight-bit, 16-bit? I don't even know what it was. It was bits. There were, there were less than 20 bits on the screen of life, simulated life.
1: And, Good times. You know, there's
0: always some kid, like, I don't know, Jordan or Michelle, that just couldn't keep their Tamagotchis alive. And so, like, <laughs> I remember... I forget who it was but I remember in one of my classes the Tamagotchi got taken away from the kid during school because like <laughs> it well because it would die every day so and then like the teacher was ta- and the kid obviously didn't get why it was being taken away <laughs> so they were crying saying that it was going to die but that was no different than any other day for this Tamagotchi <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> I remember a kid had to go home because they forgot their Tamagotchi and they were like it's going to die and they they called my their f- parents to come get them.
0: <laughs> my favorite thing about the Tamagotchis is like they would poop too much and that's how they would die they would literally die in their own fecal <laughs> matter like that was like that oh was the God. their their own toxicity killed them <laughs> yet we loved them as pets and then there were all the brands that came out they were trying to make them fight remember they had like the fighting like raise it your like own fighter. yeah like, yeah it was like po- but was it this was kind of this was before Pokemon this was like before nah. Pokemon there was a little now, yes are, Pokemon was early 90s the game. No, dude, I'm telling you. Look it up. There All was right, definitely find Tamagotchis before Pokemon.
1: Okay, Tamagotchis when... were like the
0: original. And you Tama... know how I know this? Because they weren't on Game Boy.
1: Hang on. Look at that. Okay, it up. November 23rd, 1996. All right, so now we're going to look Perfect. up. When did... Pokemon. Oh, I can't spell. Hold on.
0: Pokemon's 98.
1: February 27th. 1996 told you pokemon came out
0: first. whoa but in japan not in the u.s when did Tamag- it come out
1: in the US? tamagotchi came out in japan in november of 1996
0: so it's still hold on. before Wait, hold, hold on when did tamagotchi come out in the u.s hit me with it <sighs> okay i'm still right when did when did pokemon and tamagotchi come out okay in- so tamagotchi
1: the US. came out on may 1st 1997 in the u.s and pokemon august of 1998 Boom. Told you.
0: No, Tamagotchi's first.
1: Oh. 97 to 98. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. But, I mean, but Pokemon still still came out first in general. In general.
0: You're trying to gaslight me into remembering a different America (laughs) that existed. Odie's gaslighting me first thing on the podcast. He's like, Pokemon was here before Tamagotchi. I remember. I remember, Odie. Which happened. (laughs) I can't hear you over the theme music. <laughs> <Come>
1: down. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Gaslight Podcast.
0: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what kind of a reality we're believing in the, in the next forty minutes.
1: It's okay. Digimon came out before all of these. Digimon came out in eighty six. Did it? Did it? <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, yes. Oh. Yes, it did. Really? <laughs> More gaslighting. I don't lighting. know shit about Digimon. More gaslighting.
0: You could tell me anything about Digimon, and not only will I, like, one, believe it, but two, I won't remember the fact that you gave me either, because it's just like, there's no space in my brain no. for Digimon. Do you remember Zoe? I remember, like, Pokemon was out, and then Digimon came out, right? And then, like, 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 People were trying to compare the two, and I remember watching Digimon and like the first like evolution happened mm. for each, di- and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. That's kind of like Pokemon. Yeah, it that, that seems pretty cool." And then like the set, like the first evolution was remember like the little dinosaur one. He got like yeah. bigger, right? But yeah. then like the second evolution, he turned into like a human.
1: Yeah, and they like, was, like they morphed really weird. <laughs>
0: they they turn into like humans. Like,
1: yeah, it was really bizarre. <laughs> and
0: and I remember like I was like, wait. I, I huh. My brain was just like, no, nah, no, nah, nah, This evolution doesn't make sense, guys. You fucked up the evolution.
1: I can't do it. <laughs> like I'm, I'm out. Do you remember Zoids at all? No. That's no, the one. Zoids. For some reason, I remember I had a VHS copy of three episodes that I recorded myself of the TV show Zoids. And that's all I remember are those three episodes. Weird. Isn't it weird how your brain remembers random shit?
0: Oh, yeah. Big time.
1: Yeah. Should we clap? My brains
0: remember weird shit all the time. Yeah, let's clap. All right, ready? Three, two, one. Oh yeah! On time, every time. Welcome back to another episode of the Umpop Podcast. I am your host and Capitan, Kevin Miner. Todo es siempre. He,
1: him, with me as always... ...is Odie Matthews, the chef, cooking up that wonderful gaslighting content, they, them. (laughs) (laughs) I got a gas stove today, Kevin.
0: Yeah, you do, and you left it on, and then we're just gonna light it at the end. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> explosive ending to the podcast. I, you like explosive I love this analogy <laughs> we're crafting. There's so much happening here. There's so many elements that we can just run with. This is great. Um, well, you know, to craft another analogy, Odie, I'm gonna h- hand you the figurative ship's wheel on this figurative ship because I am the captain. You know what's funny? I tried to look up ship's wheel because I was like, I was like, what do they call the you know the the wheel on a ship? Like a so I looked ship? it up. No, they just call it ship's wheel. That's it. It's called a ship's wheel. Like on
1: every boat, or on just on like every the,
0: the one the one that steers the rudder, the one that's yeah. moving and directing the ship. Yeah, it's called a ev- ship's wheel. On like every special. boat? special. No, I thought yeah, I thought it was mm. like a. I thought well, I looked it up. That's the nautical term for it. I was like, all right, sweet. I was I thought there was gonna be a cool term. I was gonna learn something new. Yeah, i come in with some lingo I could throw your way. No, just ship's wheel. Like kinda, like they were like that's port that's starboard that's the mast that's the aft that's the fore that's, that's the deck. ship's wheel this yeah like they're just like everything else gets these nice terms that's the ship's wheel like, you're just saying like, all right cool Captain, i guess they like, don't have
1: tires
0: yeah, well they don't. No, yeah. but they have a they do have a wheel and you can spin it. But I guess I just would have you thought you could call that... it the captain's wheel if you wanted to. I mean, I guess, but I like... guess
1: I just would have thought that like on like pirate ships like a pirate ship compared to like a You big, would think like compared to like a big yacht compared to like a small fishing boat with an automatic, you know, motor that like we would have called it different things for the size of the boat. You you would think it.
0: Even You would even think it would be called the helm's wheel because that's where it is on the boat, right? It's on the helm. It's a wheel. Maybe even the helm's wheel. That even sounds more official than ship's wheel, right? Hmm. But whatever. Somebody just gave – like, every once in a while, people just give up on terms. You know how I feel about this. Like, in America, we have grapefruit. I think grapefruit is the dumbest word in the world. I will never – like, that – you want to talk about a pointless hill to die on? I'm up there sh- like sword and shield ready for a shower of arrows. I'm just like, it's Pamplemousse, It's Pamplemousse, everybody. Pompelmo. Pom- Mm-mm. What? Pomelo. What? Mm-mm. They have a grapefruit in Mm-mm. every other language is like grapefruit. right? Grapefruit. <laughs> it's, it's grapefruit. Pompelo. Right? It pom- p- No. it's It has all of these beautiful words, and then you get over here, and it's grapefruit. Right? Yeah, Or Orange. like an aubergine. Or an aubergine. An aubergine? What a beautiful term. Is that an term. instrument? What, what an interesting and unique term. No, you know what it is over in America? Eggplant.
1: Oh, I thought aubergine was an instrument in the symphony.
0: No, it's... Oboe. I'm thinking heavy. of an
1: oboe. Never mind.
0: You're trying to gaslight me again, Odie. No. Right, before you gaslight me further, <laughs> I am handing you the ship's wheel. <laughs> you are the capitan because we are going over...
1: <clears throat> what?
0: What, you gotta announce the topic now. You're the captain. You oh, grab the oh. wheel, Odie, Grab the wheel. I don't know how. I
1: got my cooking utensils.
0: <laughs> standing there with a ladle. Ah! Ah! Um, Odie, grab the wheel.
1: We are talking about a uh, a topic that I was talking to you about earlier in the week. We have been in, and I mean, we've been in since probably 2010. A renaissance resurgence of nostalgia bait in the shape form of remakes reboots requels sequels prequels like just any 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 property that you loved we're gonna just beat it into the fucking ground until you don't love it anymore and um yeah you know i think a really good example
0: franchises Franchisable yeah. properties.
1: And you know, it's funny because, like. First
0: off, I love that you said Renaissance because that means re enlightenment. And I don't feel like remakes <laughs> actually are re enlightenment of
1: culture. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. There are some good ones out there. There are. Okay. But okay. I would say when you start to really realize how much stuff in the last 14 years is based off of something that's already existed, it's a little upsetting to see the lack of originality, if you okay. will. And, like, I want to say this first, because I feel like you know then this. Fran- you know this franchise. Did you ever okay. play the Halo games? Of course. Okay, so this isn't obviously this isn't a remake, requel, sequel, but I just want to talk about Halo. The, the Halo TV Combat series evolved. Have you heard anything about the TV show? No, I'm okay. not paying attention to it. So. If I had heard good
0: things, then I would say yes, but I haven't heard shit about it, so I haven't even paid attention.
1: It's amazing that it got a season two. I watched the first three episodes of the first season, whenever it came out, and look, this doesn't fall into our topic today, but I want to also point out that even when a property like Halo or um, even to an extent like, I know there was a Super Mario Brothers movie in the late 90s, and like there's been Sonic cartoons, but like a property that everyone's been like, I want a Halo movie. I want a Halo TV show. We want a Super Mario Brothers movie. We want a Sonic movie, which I just watched Sonic 2 last night. It's a fun movie. Uh It's a a fun movie. It's a fun movie. Sonic 2 is a fun movie. Yeah, Yeah, I like it. Um, Okay, keep going. But my point is, is that like, the Halo TV show, I read an article last night that basically Master Chief has sex. He takes his helmet off all the time he's mean to Cortana, Cortana is just sassy, there's no real, like, plot from the books, the novels, the games, you know, none of that, it is very yeah. much, like, just a weird little thing that they created that just seems to have the Halo name attached to it.
0: Yeah, they they really dropped the ball, I mean, honestly, dude, like, I, did you read any of the Halo books?
1: I read the first one.
0: okay. They could have just – because the first one is technically the first game, mm-hmm. but it's not the same, right? Like, it's not, like, the level progression that the first game takes. But ultimately, they could have just done season one being book one. Yeah. That would have been the perfect introduction to the universe. It would have covered so much. It would have left enough mystery for people who are coming into the franchise who don't know a ton about the Forerunners and the Flood and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like it would have left a lot there, but instead, w- whatever they've made, I haven't even heard shit about because, like, no. nobody who likes Halo is going, "This was good," you know. Like, yeah. if anybody no. who, mm-hmm. li- and I didn't even love Halo. Like, Halo was fun, it was but it's fine. not. I wasn't one of those kids who was like Halo every week, all the time, like the sword and the the God pistol. Like, I no, yeah, I'm with That you. wasn't me. So, like, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. And it- people, I I think part of why you know I laughed at Renaissance is a lot of these remakes are actually retakes right so like the first question that i had written down on my notes was why are we in an age of remakes retakes you know like and really i think what it comes down to is it's it's replication right so replication being a basic function of i i don't want to say like just corporate america but the corporate extension of intellectual property, right? So the mm-hmm. business side of intellectual property that wants to make money off of it and not only that, maximize the profit that it makes. That's what that does, right? Yeah. And all of these franchises, Halo, Paramount Plus, right? MCU, Disney, right? Like uh all of these things, they're tied into a corporate project a corporate venture a corporate there's a corporate leg of it that wants to make money off of it maximize the profits made off of it and one of the best ways to do that is to recreate the things that people loved the most about it right and so that i think that's the the number one reason of course there's many reasons but i think that's the number one reason we're in an age of remakes and retakes right and and the second reason being cgi finally got to a point that we could reimagine things in a much more belief like cgi and the collective suspension of disbelief publicly ha- have met at a crossroads or rather met at a crossroads somewhere in the early to mid 2000s right so like 2000s into 20 teens yeah. like where that crossroads finally hit we were like oh cool like we can we can make anything now like this is po- this is all possible
1: i'm right? glad you mentioned cgi because yeah hit me I mean it's funny because in a in a good movie in a movie that has time to go through the proper pre and post production process yes, the CGI great example dune amazing dune visually stunning the creator yep. visually stunning the batman Impeccable. movie visually stunning then Beautiful. you get movies like <laughs> I wasn't going to bring this up but now I am going bring to Bring it up There is a movie filmed in, I believe, like 2019, 2020, starring Jackie Chan and John Cena, directed by the guy who directed The Fourth Expendables. This movie is called Hidden Strike, and it's on Netflix. And if you want a movie that basically drops you in the middle of something that you – I still don't know what that movie was about. I literally, like, it opens with, like, John Cena asking for money from his brother, and then they're doing, like, a heist of, like, Jackie Chan has, like, 12, like, Greyhound buses that are armored, and they're driving on a thing called, like, the Highway of Death in some no-name Middle Eastern country, and, like, John Cena's group is trying to kidnap a doctor, and then he's, like, it's, then he gets, like, somebody kills his team, and then he has to work with Jackie Chan, and the doctor's not really, it makes no sense, right? But... Where I'm going at with this. Is it is, a
0: Netflix original movie? I believe so. Yeah, that checks. Okay. So where I'm going that with tracks. this is
1: the the whole movie looks like it was filmed on green screen and not like okay. not. Well, probably Hollywood, was. not Hollywood green screen. Right. I'm talking like 2012 2013 skit comedy on YouTube green screen.
0: Well, probably was. Yeah. So, um
1: well, yeah. But- first
0: off, hidden strike sounds like uh, like a technique that a guy who's charging fifteen bucks an hour for martial arts classes <laughs> is going to teach you, right? Do you want to? Do you want to guess what once, Jackie Chan's you character's get a, name you get, was? Once you get to your purple belt, I'm going to teach you the hidden strike.
1: <laughs> you take a guess on what Jackie Chan's character's name was. Strike. Dragon. That's so dumb. And you want to know what John Cena's character's name was? Crocodile chris <laughs> oh chris, I was close chris and dragon um but anyways that's so, crazy you know like with halo my, where i was kind of my whole point with that We're back was, to halo yes was okay. uh, just to kind of put a bow on what i was thinking about it is you know i i purposely waited i watched the first couple episodes of the first season there was one action scene it was it incorporated like the first person shooter aspect that we saw in like the doom movie from way back was when on the
0: on the beach
1: I was in, I don't, it it doesn't matter. I don't remember, but I remember waiting and I remember when the season wrapped up, I looked into, I was like, okay, is this worth it? And there was like one other fight scene in the entire eight episodes besides the Mm -hmm. one in the opening. And so Mm -hmm. when it got renewed for season two, I realized that, When it comes to remakes and reboots and stuff, as long as there is even just an ounce of support for it, which apparently there was for the Halo show, although I will be shocked if it gets enough. Yeah, of course there
0: was. People love Halo. But I mean,
1: even with all the negative reviews, I was shocked that it got a season two. I don't think it'll get a season three, but because of that, I kind of looked into, which leads into our topic, you know, how how many properties that are pre-existing, whether they've had... Movies or, you know, TV shows in the past are we about to get flooded with? And... Ooh. Um... How many? A lot. <laughs> uh, okay. Let me... Well, I mean, we already got Indiana Jones again, again. Uh, and there's another Indiana Jones movie coming out.
0: Again, again, again.
1: I mean... Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. Not movie. Game. Great. uh So, I... Brought up What's a list of all of them. Sorry, I'm getting to the right page here. I brought up a list, but this page is full of yep. gigantic ads that cover the entire screen. Holy, we love that. Okay, so real quick, I'm gonna give me. A... Where's
0: Where's this list from?
1: Uh, it's Forbes. Okay. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna fast. I'm gonna name all of these as 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 fast sure, as I possibly can. So here it. we go. Yeah. This is the entire year movies that are. Based on prior things, we have Mean Girls, Madam Web, Minnie P- Winnie the Pooh, Dune Part 2, Kung Fu Panda 4, Ghostbusters... Frozen Empire, The First Omen, Godzilla X Kong, Furiosa, Mad Max Saga, Garfield Movie, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, Bad Boys 4, Inside Out 2, A Quiet Place Day 1, Despicable Me 4, Twisters 2, Deadpool 3, Speak No Evil, Alien Romulus, Craven the Hunter, Beetlejuice 2, Transformers 1, Saw 11, Joker 2, Smile 2, Terrifier 3, Venom 3, The Amateur, Gladiator 2, Wicked Part 1, Karate Kid, Lord of the Rings, Mufasa the Lion King, and Sonic the Hedgehog 3.
0: Okay, okay, well, okay. <clears throat> Hold up. Some of those are actually just sequels yes. in a universe that's being made for the first time. Yeah, so, I'm just so, right? saying that so, like, as a whole, talking, though, yeah, that's a lot. It, well, it's all... Yes, so we, you and I have talked about this, and I, I think we've talked about this on here before. Somewhere around 2022, 2023, there was a big shift on the corporate side where uh, there, there were all these meetings, and basically the the big streaming corporations all came out and they were like all right we've you know and i'm sure numbers were presented in crunch but they were like we're gonna invest in franchise properties more than original ideas yep like it was just publicly declared um <clears throat> and when that happened that's when you started seeing the production for all of these extra things now like getting into it a little a little more uh of those like the first omen yes that's a remake right like yes. that's a proper It's a remake, prequel right? to
1: the first omen actually.
0: It, yeah well it's a prequel but it's also a remake let's yep. be real like yep. like they're 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 calling it a prequel but really what are they doing? They're doing all the stuff that you do in every omen film but they're starting it back further than when we know it to get up to right? Yeah, so absolutely. like ultimately in my mind that's also a remake. We got Ninja Turtles last year right? We got a live action adaptation of um the Little Mermaid. We're getting a ton of live action Disney, right? Because Disney's going back through their catalog, and really, like, I see the, like, I can see the, the mindset. I can see the, the function, the thought process that's going into making the Disney live actions. They're like, all right, we have this huge catalog of largely beloved uh, animated films. We have all the capability in the world. We own them, like they own that property, right? So it's not like they have to pay anybody to do anything extra with it. So they're going back through and they're doing them as live action and they're seeing which ones hit. Right. And then the ones that hit, I can almost guarantee you they're going to get a sequel or they're going to get a prequel or a spinoff. Right. And that's because the investment into that franchise and developing that outward does mean going back into it. Now, Dune, Dune was originally filmed and produced in 1984. Then it got a sci-fi series. It actually a two sci-fi series. I loved. I actually loved those. I don't like the original Dune movie that much. It's okay. Is that the fire. one with um, Professor X, uh, Patrick Stewart? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that one, not that great. Uh, I was never crazy about it. But then the series on the Sci-Fi Channel was amazing. I remember loving that as a kid. And then, then we get into uh, Denis Villeneuve. He does the new dune movie now dune 2 sequel to dune right it's well it's dune part two it's really part two of what because the book is gigantic right so he did the right thing right yeah and although the lord of the rings like they did one movie for each book they very easily could have done two movies for each book right like it it could have been done that way they're all that big um and it's the same thing with like dune like the movie or, yeah, the movie needs to be broken up because of how much is in that. Like, if they tried to cover everything like the Dune 1984 movie did, yeah. it would just kind of get garbled. You'd lose a lot. Um, and I will just, say – We don't have the time. We don't have the attention span.
1: I agree. And I will say, like, out of all those ones I named, there are some on that list that I'm like, I agree with you. Like, I'm looking forward to. And I don't want this to yeah. become a, wow, look at all these sequels and stuff that no original ideas because where this is all leading to. Well, and, there aren't a lot of original ideas, but go. Keep going. Right. I mean, there are and there and there aren't. Like, I, obviously, on this endeavor of watching, you know, every big release this year, which I finally got around to Argyle, um, spoilers, here's oh, my, good. here's my review of Argyle. Yeah. Shit.
0: Oh, okay. All it's, right. that's I a thought, spoiler. I thought, you could just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah,
1: I thought the cast would make up for it, but damn, damn, that's yeah. disappointing. Uh, that's a bummer. Um, yeah. But it's okay because I get to go watch Madam Web this week. Yay! Okay, Woo! have fun. I won't. Um, um. Anyways, but we're... I didn't even know that movie was coming out, and
0: like, I mean that in the best of all possible mm-hmm. ways. Like, it's a it's a Sony slash Marvel one. It's right?
1: a Spum movie. Sony Pictures is of Marvel it only movies. Sony?
0: Does Marvel have nothing to do with it other than like having the original property?
1: I don't think Marvel has anything. Yeah. To do okay. With the well, spum then movies. it's gonna suck. Yeah. So, of great. course. So, but where um, where this is all. Sorry, where I was going with that uh, before Argyle is there are original ideas that are coming out this year and there are some really good ones, whether they're and in, you know, I understand that there's a lot of movies that come from older novels and books and, you know, if they've never had their chance at a big screen adaptation, I get Uh it. And like, and and obviously I'll sit here and say like Percy Jackson, a book series that I love had an attempt at movies that were pretty bad and I'm happy that I'm happy that it got its treatment in the form of a Disney Plus show. I'm happy it got renewed mm-hmm. for a season two. So I'm not – I don't yeah. want this to become a like, wow, Odie just hates non-original stuff. That's not it. I'm just saying that and no. that's where we're, where we're going with this well, is we're,
0: – Yeah, we're, we're in you, an era of remakes.
1: And what what sparked all of this was Avatar The Last Airbender. So I wanted to kind of okay. use that as my uh, example because – Okay.
0: Before you touch on that, I yes. just want to I w- I dig a little bit deeper into the human condition and part of what drives the retelling of stories. Because this is the first time in human history that we're going through remakes of uh, what I would call um, culturally inconsequential properties, right? So, like, what I mean by that is, like... We've been retelling stories forever, right? The Iliad, uh, the Odyssey, uh, you know, mythology. Mythology gets retold over and over and over and over and over again. And it's even being told in modern stories, right? So you have this original source material. You've got, like, the Ring of Gilgamesh, right? That Arguably Mm. the first horror story. Arguably where vampires and zombies come from. It's the first epic poem on written record from Sumeria, right? Um, Then you have the Iliad, the Odyssey. You have classic... Greek mythology, of classic North mythology, you have yeah. all the different mythologies of other cultures. You, I, I would even say, Christian theology slash mythology gets retold time and time and time again. And even even the Quran, like there's a lot of mythology from the Quran, there's a lot of like tropes and themes and things that keep coming back through human uh history. And what that is is that's us, we have we have a tradition of being storytellers. That's how we convey some of the deepest and most meaningful things that happen, right? But now um the and why I say culturally inconsequential that's not to say that they're a hundred percent culturally inconsequential, but not in the same way that someone retells an ancient myth or a story that helped to influence culture over hundreds of years before the invention of the TV and you know the homogenization of so many things. We have corporations, right? We have companies, and we have production companies. We have like all of these different things that are putting out these stories, these myths, these uh, like these different they are cultural pieces, but like in a very different way, they're, they're for profit, right? So it's not the same as sitting around and hearing the story that helped shaped the way, our people are it's Captain America discovering that Hydra still exists in the US <laughs> and then having to fight right like it's very different but it's it still has a lot of the same elements of the classic hero's journey you know the hero mm. of the thousand faces we could get into the Carl Jung aspect of this but I think just to brush over it we are storytellers we are always retelling stories we are always reshaping them reskinning them We're oh, yeah. telling them in ways that are effective and meaningful for our people for the people around us right it, this is just always been happening it's just now not only can we tell them faster we can reach a larger audience with via production reproduction replication things like that we can and and streaming like you can reach an audience instantly right and then not only that someone can take that idea be influenced by it write something that's influenced by that idea and then reskin it for themselves and then tell that version of the story right so like yeah it just keeps happening over and over again and to cite one of our examples before you get into avatar the last airbender The majority of the time, you and I were watching Rebel Moon. We were like, "We just know what this is from." You hit the nail on the head. (laughs) Like you're just doing Seven Samurai slash The Magnificent, whatever slash You know, like it was just it was all of those movies, all of those stories, and Zack Snyder just wrapped them all up into a little ball and threw it at (laughs) Netflix for you know half a billion dollars or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, and just and just was like, "Here, enjoy this regurgitated mess," Um, which is what it ends up feeling like if you. You yeah. don't and and so so the question of originality and the question of is this a remake is this a retake is this a retelling is this something that's putting a different spin on it um the the question of that is what ends up having a, a relatively large thumb on the scale of whether or not a remake or a retake is good all right go ahead with the avatar part sorry
1: no you're good i'm <laughs> glad i'm glad you Just wanted to make sure i touched on that because that's a big piece of this. no and, and i totally 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 agree, and that's. I, I'm glad you said that because it also just going back to my point as well, which ties into yours. Is I'm not saying that just because something isn't original, it shouldn't be made. It doesn't deserve to get made. It shouldn't get a treatment because, again, yeah, yeah. there are so many things that I love that are based, the original source material is, you know, whether it had a a movie adaptation before that didn't do well, or it's based off of a book or a show. I mean, there's a Fallout TV show coming out this year that I'm super excited for, you know? I mean, like... Me too. And I'm not saying that, obviously, unoriginal, but when you take a property that is beloved and has a Mm -hmm. huge fan base, and Mm -hmm. you try to adapt it remake it retell it or whatever but you kind of either in my opinion do one of a couple things you either do it because it's a cash grab which we have seen you know I mean we all know they're out there um you do it because you say you're a big fan of the source material but then your adaptation isn't either and I don't want to say faithful because I'm not you know we've seen uh and creators kind of deviate from the original source material and still make something that is really solid and also yes. kind of more of a love letter to that material or you know you just kind of miss the point and you butcher everything and the reason I bring up Avatar the Last Airbender is because for one the cartoon is incredible and I, I firmly believe that is one of the shows that yes it came out when I was like the right age for it and it only was three seasons, and it was about kids and all yes. of that. I, I still believe that even upon rewatching it as an adult, like it is still a show that is is really really solid. And the reason why is because it tackled things that, especially at the time for a kids show, really weren't handled the way that this show handled. I'm not gonna sit here and say other shows weren't trying to like have these elements and these themes and these character arcs, but. The way that Avatar the Last Airbender did it, and for those of you who don't know, I'm just gonna kind of speed run some of the things. One of yeah. the characters, Sokka, very sexist, very misogynistic, and constantly underestimating women, his whole character arc is that he's constantly getting one up and beaten by women to where he learns, oh, like, hey, I I shouldn't be this way, I should respect them because, you know, like. I'm just, I, he had this, I, this old school ideology that the man is the warrior, the man's the defender. And yet he's constantly getting his ass whooped by women. He's, you know, that's his character arc. The flip side, his sister Katara, her whole character arc is that she is constantly underestimated and outperforming everybody because she's Mm -hmm. a woman. Everybody just writes her off, but she is one of the strongest characters out there and so forth and so forth and so forth. Right. So then you have in two thousand ten, I believe, was M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong's adaptation of Avatar the Last Airbender, which anybody that's a fan of the cartoon would say, Holy shit, that's a pile of shit.
0: I think even people who weren't fans yeah. of, I think I think anybody who saw it was like, uh the, what is the this? best impression they probably came away with was, Yeah, it was okay, it was cool.
1: Yeah, it's right? fine.
0: Which is not good. No. For a property that's beloved and recognized by its fan base, and like you know, heralded as one mm. of the better animated series of all time, yeah, like to have anybody to have the best opinion be it's okay is a fail,
1: not good. <laughs> and okay. it, the, my favorite part of the of that yeah. movie is there's the whole point of Avatar: Last Airbender, which I'm sure everybody knows, is you know there's the elements you have wind, earth, yeah. f- fire, water, right, and you can control. Yeah. Yeah, everybody. Some people control the elements, and the firebenders have always been able to just shoot fire from their hands, right? That's kind of like their thing. And there's a line in that movie where uh, one of the – I think it's Uncle Iroh's character starts bending fire, but he's doing it out of his hands. And uh, everybody in the room is like, oh, my God, he's bending fire without fire. Because in that entire movie, M. Night changed it where they could only bend fire if it was around them. They couldn't just make it appear out of their hand. So a lot of them would carry torches and then would use that fire to like – they had to have yeah. fire in order to make fire. It was really dumb. Anyways. That's dumb. So that brings us to the Netflix adaptation, which I will admit, yeah. Netflix sometimes has some hits when which it comes is to- is not out yet. It comes out um, the 22nd of February. So two weeks. Yeah. So we're getting there. So we've seen on Netflix some really good adaptations. Uh, yeah. Umbrella Academy. Fantastic. I fucking love that show. Uh, okay. One Piece. Fantastic. Love that mm-hmm. show. Right? Okay. Where the concern for Avatar: Last Airbender, and this kind of brings us into you know this whole point of remakes and reboots, and and kind of like asking that question: When is it worth it? When mm. the original creators leave yeah. because of creative differences, and then yeah. it comes out that the the actor playing Sokka lied about being Native American in order to get the part. It comes out that they change. Uh, one of the big plot points in the cart in the cartoon is there's a thing called Sozin's Comet. And that is what the Fire Nation is waiting for to get like ultimate power to finish taking over everything, right? That's okay. gonna make the firebenders like ten times as strong because this comet has this energy, comes every hundred years. So when Sozin's Comet passes through, Fire Lord Ozai yeah. is gonna is gonna harness the power and take over the world, right? Sure. So that's what puts them on their time crunch. They remove that. That's no longer a plot point. And this is the one thing where I was like, okay, that makes sense because they did it. So that way, since they have human, real boys and girls in this show, they're obviously going to age in between seasons. So removing that, like, it has to be done in a year, like the cartoon allows them to age without it being weird. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. That's a good, that's a good change. Right. I think that's, so your characters don't look 20 like stranger things when they're still supposed to be 15. Good point. But then it comes out that, oh, well, Sokka's not going to be sexist or misogynistic at all. He's actually going to be respectful of women. Okay. Okay. Well, like, maybe that's because, you know, we live in an age where people don't really want that, even though that's kind of, like, a big point for his character and, like, kind of his whole yeah, character but he can arc. still
0: be judgmental of
1: other characters. Right. So –
0: I you mean, know. have we watched it yet? No. no. So this, uh, we're I, think, really... I think you're kind of jumping no, no, no. the gun on no, no, no. this Hang one.
1: On. As a remake. No, 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 no. I'm. Okay. I'm not saying this. This is. I'm saying these are the things that have come out about the show, and I'm just I'm presenting okay. them as like, okay, like, okay. So they took that away from him. All right. Like we'll see what happens. Right. Like I'm. I'm yeah. not judging this. I'm just. These are articles that have come out. Then it came out okay. that, well, uh, Katara you know, her whole thing is that she's kind of the mom. She raised Sokka, you know, she's constantly yeah. underestimated. Well, actually, she's not really going to be that mom and everyone's not going to underestimate her and she's going to be taken very seriously. Uh, okay, like, that that could work. You know, we can still, that could still be like, okay, you're changing things about the characters, but that's fine because yeah, we've seen changes like this before. But then, and this is the one where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm a little pessimistic now because... One okay. of the main points of Avatar The Last Airbender is that Aang, he gets frozen. He doesn't want to yeah. be the Avatar. He wants to be a kid because he's like 12, mm-hmm. you know, and that's mm-hmm. like his whole thing. He he constantly in the first season in one of the first episodes, he goes to Kyoshi Island in order to, um, I can't remember what the name of the animal is, but he wants to ride this like really big fish because it's something mm-hmm. he used to do when he was a kid. He's trying to avoid his responsibilities as the Avatar because he wants to be a kid because he never got to be a kid right uh-huh they removed all of that he's not going to be a kid yeah. he's gonna be straight serious he's gonna be die hard on being the airbender or the last avatar like they changed all that and did
0: they I don't I still haven't seen it right so unless like, this is this, this is you're reading articles and here's the thing like let me before you finish this these might be gatekeepers mm-hmm. these might be people who are so addicted to the purity of source material and you and I've talked about this before that they're ruining an experience that could be could be, based Mm -hmm. on what we're talking about, a little more original.
1: Yeah. Right? And I'm glad you say that because my final one, and this is why this is so this is this is also my listing
0: all the reasons that this might be bad before we even watch it.
1: And and I'm I'm doing this specifically because I'm leading into Okay. So this has been my so these articles in the order that I read them, this has kind of been my thought process where I'm like, okay you're changing a couple things, but it could still be good. And then I saw the one about Uh Aang not being a kid. And I'll admit, I was like, oh, I'm a little disappointed. But then the next one that came out was the actor for Zuko, his acting in this show is terrible. And then I was like, okay, hold on. Wait a minute. We've gotten two trailers and he's had no voice lines. We've barely yeah. seen – I'm like, okay, well, this might be
0: – But this is like – this This happens with everything. Well, that's, that's what I'm, that's I'm going with.
1: it. or a remake okay i'm going my point is to kind of cap my my train of thought on all these articles that i'm mentioning is that's when it hit me and that's when i realized oh like nobody knows anything and a lot of this could be a lot of this could be real and i'm gonna watch it and if it turns out that they did make all these changes maybe i'll like it maybe i won't but What's funny about this is, okay. and why I bring up Avatar the Last Airbender and all these, you know, changes from the source material, is because yeah. while this is happening, Kevin, and for those of you that might know, they are doing a live action How to Train Your Dragon, right? And they've cast it, they've started filming it, and they They came, as in,
0: like, the same uh Dreamwork, or Dreamworks. Or just people? people okay. just All hollywood
1: right. they them okay. hollywood people and the, uh, t- the why industry I, yeah why i find <laughs> the, it funny general industries to it why i find it okay. funny that so many people take these articles about avatar last airbender and i saw on tiktok people being like this show is going to be so bad like people saying what we're saying not to do you know judging it without any without seeing it at all. And then the the live action, how to train your dragon literally posts this big article from the creators. And they're like, Oh yeah. Like it's not going to be a shot for shot remake. Like it's going to be almost a retelling. And everybody was like, Oh yes. Woo. Can't wait to see a retelling of how to train your dragon. Like this is going to be great. So it's like on one side, you have this, this thing that's like, Hey, we're going to probably do some retelling. And people are like, no, we don't want that. And then another Uh. one where people are like, Oh, that's cool. I want that. And it just goes to show you, That even myself have fallen victim of, oh, this might be bad before even watching it.
0: Well, I think what you've touched on isn't necessarily like remakes and retakes being faithful or not cuz one they're not out and two these are just <laughs> articles, but you've touched on something that's a little more dangerous in an era where so many things are being retold, right? Which is and we've talked about this before, gatekeeping, right? These are these are gatekeepers. These are people who are coming in with an opinion, treating it like a fact, right? Mm-hmm. And you even mentioned that the one kid lied about being Native American. That doesn't affect the storytelling of a show. That sucks separately right yeah, a, that's a like, different that sucks, issue but off to the side and yeah. that's a that's an issue where like yeah cool issue an apology like whatever i don't i don't know like when people lie to get parts all the time they lie about their height they lie about their weight they lie about their age like yeah. that shit happens mila kunis wouldn't even exist if she didn't lie yeah right? zachary like, levi
1: pretended to be jewish
0: exactly so like th- that sucks separately which is so that bad has nothing to that's do with bad. the validity of a show that's being remade but ultimately going back to it like Getting back to the to the remake retake thing. There's yeah. there's a documentary called Everything's a Remix. Have you ever seen this? I've heard of it. It's by Kirby Ferguson, right? And Kirby Ferguson does a really good job of defining what a remix is. And Kirby the, the statement is everything is a remix. And I think that's correct. I think at, at a certain point, yes, there were original ideas. Yeah. And I think we've extrapolated them out and added different elements to them. Yes, we have. Great. But are they all relatively the same thing? Yes, because they come from the same source material, the human consciousness. So ultimately, uh, Kirby Ferguson says, you know, a, a remix is, it's about, like, whether or not something is a remix is about whether or not you can recognize the chunks of other people's work within it, mm. right? Which is almost everything. Um, but then, you know, defining, like, so the the creativity, uh Creativity to Kirby Ferguson uh, is based upon three elements, copy, transform, combine, which to me makes a ton of sense because even Avatar the Last Airbender is pulling from Tibetan philosophy. Oh, yeah. It's pulling from like old earth and elemental stories that have been told in many different cultures. It's pulling influence. And so what they do is they copy, right? They transform into the story around Aang and his friends and then they combine all of that to create the proper story and so now yeah we're retelling it um dangerous it sucks that i mean dude really like the thing that you really touched on when you're talking about avatar the airbender was something that i i really don't like about culture in general it has nothing to do with remakes or retakes it's it's the overproduction of meaningless content just for the sake of having something relevant, right? Mm -hmm. So it's content for the sake of relevancy, not for the sake of value, right? Um, But like with these remakes and retakes, everything's a remix anyway. I mean, look at like, look at the most popular songs that came out last year. They all had like, or at least not all of them, but most of them had samples, right? Never gonna give you up, get sampled, right? Like so many songs that came out that were popular last year, I'm not going to go search for a list. It would probably be pretty easy to find, but all like so many samples and there's so many things that keep coming out. Like, um, there was a song that came out that sampled uh pony by genuine. And I was like, Oh Oh, yeah. Pony. And yeah. And people just don't even pick up on like, and a lot of people, it's their first time hearing that. Right. So it doesn't matter to them that it's a remix. I hear it, you know? And so I have a different experience than that person, but like, even this retelling of Avatar, like there's a kid out there who's going to be eleven, and this is going to be their introduction, right? Like they've never seen it before.
1: You so, know, I'm glad you say that because one of the one of the things that I have been uh, thinking about or having myself in the mindset of is, you know, I I will fully admit there are things that I watch that I am biased about. I don't know yeah. if the Percy Jackson show is good or not really because for me it was amazing because i love percy jackson i know everything about that universe and everybody did every like it's exactly how you know like it's exactly how i pictured it i love everything about it so maybe it's not that great maybe people's criticisms are valid but for me i i I loved it right so i think about avatar last airbender and i've seen some one piece fans be like hey like i didn't like that show but i'm glad that people do because now that'll get more people interested in One Piece, and I've heard that from people that are like, I only yeah. read the manga, I've only watched the anime, and I and then like people that have done both. Everybody's like, you know, most of the fandom is like, I'm glad that people are getting an introduction. So, with Avatar: the Last Airbender, yeah. with How to Train Your Dragon, with the with the first Omen, even if you want to, to some extent, I believe that if it's somebody's first introduction to it even if it's bad it might channel them interested. yeah it might channel more interest and more views yeah. to the original show which and you know not to still use avatar as an example but like I will say this if you're somebody that's a huge fan of the last airbender tv show or the cartoon and you might watch this show and maybe it's bad maybe it's not for you mm-hmm. the good news is they are doing a with the original creators a sequel with ang and everything cartoon to the original show so it's like maybe this show isn't going to be good maybe it'll be great who knows but that's not that's not all there is you know there's other things to this property and i guess my point is is that like i have fallen into in the past of being like oh this remake this reboot isn't necessary oh it's garbage and like yeah i stand by a lot of them are pretty shitty and shouldn't have been made or you know like just are bad but maybe to some people they're good or maybe to some people watching alien covenant was what got them into the original alien franchise which is great And so you get to like number yeah, four i still haven't
0: seen that but yeah
1: i don't know i mean yeah, you know what i mean like yes yeah. there's been a million terminator sequels but if somebody watched oh, terminator God. terminator genesis and they were like wait a minute what is this? And they go and watch Terminator one. And they're like, Oh, this is amazing. Stop after Terminator two and you'll be good. Yeah. Like, you know,
0: well, and uh, the getting, getting more into like touching on the examples that you highlighted, like avatar and how to train your dragon. Like we were teen We were kids when those came out. Right. Like, they're coming out now to have a super strong opinion about it as a 30 year old, you yeah. know, just because the thing that you liked as a kid is different <laughs> is like, I think that's a little extreme. Like yeah. calm down, just let it exist for a little bit. If you don't like it, just don't like it. It's fine. Like it's a, it's not like, it's not like they're going back and they're like, all right, we're deleting all the other stuff <laughs> that existed. The only thing that exists now is this new version of avatar. You can't even have the old one. Yeah, now. It's gone. You know, like Cowboy Bebop came out and I watched that and like, that's one of my favorite animes of all time. The live action, was okay like it wasn't the worst thing in the world i think and and this is getting more into like where you were kind of going with like touching on like the like the the complaints that people end up having about these things like like yeah we're in an age of remakes and retakes but we never haven't been going back to you know like everything is a remix like we it's not like this is anything new nobody should be surprised but then also like having strong opinions about these things like you just you don't have to watch it the thing that you loved still exists yeah someone's just getting a crack at or presented a different take on a thing that you that you did love you know and and this to carry this into like where where i thought we could go with this conversation is like there are shifts in medium that become necessary over time and during those shifts in medium things change right like you you have like you have play to screen right like so like a like a theatrical adaptation getting its screen adaptation right lame is rob like people and you know it's fu- the theater community tends to be more generally supportive of that stuff that's funny than, than other communities but i think it's because they're just happy there's more theater you know um yeah but like really like we have so we've got like film to broadway or broadway to film we can go either way right part you one. Can go, bo- you can go book to screen or screen to book you can go graphic novel to movie, usually not the other way, but like, yeah. uh, but most of the time graphic novel to movie, you know, anime to live action, or vice versa, which is what I usually would prefer. Yeah. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, but and finish. then like, but a big thing that I, you know. Uh, a big one recently i I sat down to watch cyrano right i love cyrano de bergerac right uh by edmund rostand like one of my favorite epic poems of all time it's a classic story it's where a lot of the tropes for these classic stories come from it's a guy who's ugly but he has all the beautiful words in the world and then there's a guy who's handsome and so the guy who's ugly who is in love with the the main girl who it, it it's an old french story so it's his cousin uh but like <laughs> <he's>, he starts <laughs> writing the poetry about how he feels for her and he gives it to the handsome guy and he gives her the poetry she falls in love with the handsome guy but she's not really falling in love with the handsome guy she's falling in love with the words you know like yeah so there's all of these like and then it becomes a beautiful classic tragedy and they i don't i don't think he ever gets with his cousin like officially i don't That's think good. It's actually but yeah but uh but but like that was redone recently as a musical a la Hamilton style with uh, <laughs> Peter Dinklage in it. Oh. And it wasn't for me. Like, I love Cyrano de Bergerac. I love the classic Cyrano de Bergerac. I even, I kind of enjoy Roxanne. I don't know if you've seen that. It's the Steve mm. Martin retelling in the 80s. I haven't um, he has it's it's actually proper like they nod to Cyrano de Bergerac in that he has a long nose which is like the it's the that's the malformity of Cyrano de Bergerac is he has this like long like pickle like almost needle nose style right Mm. um yeah it's it's nuts uh I big recommend cannot recommend it enough it's it's amazing but uh but it's retold in Roxanne. It's been retold a few different times with different shells on it. And then it got retold as like this uh, weird, like musical. I didn't like it that much, but like I said, some people might love that. And I feel like the people who love that when they go back into Cyrano might even enjoy that more or less, who knows? Like maybe Peter Dinklage is the Cyrano for them, but I love that. And it's such a good property and I'm glad it was made anyway, you know? And then like, like even now, uh, and there's been some controversy around this, but I don't really – what I'm not, I don't, I don't delve into comments and I don't go looking for people's first reactions and first looks to things. Like I'd rather watch something and then form my own opinion and then engage with any sort of discussion that's around it than like, than like have someone be like, well, it's going to be bad because that changes the way that you view it, right? So like um, in Shakespeare, one thing that's been really cool that's been happening a ton is – just gender swapping and gender bending roles, which I love. Yeah, like uh, Hamlet uh, it, at the, the sh- at the Round Theatre in England was done this past year, and Hamlet was played by a woman. And the main female character was played by a man and it was perfect. Like it, I couldn't, I can't tell like, and there was another female lead character in it too, who was originally male in the script, but they were just like people, like people in the theater community. Now at this point, they're just like, we don't fucking care. Like we're just, we're casting it how we want. And then there's a version of uh, midsummer night's dream. Right. And mm. I've told you about this before where, uh Titania and Oberyn right like they have their first interaction and then somewhere I don't know I haven't pinpointed it but somewhere their lines get swapped so they didn't gender swap the characters they swapped their lines and in the original Titania wakes up and falls in love with Bottom who's like an actor from a local theater troupe right instead in this version Oberon wakes up and all of a sudden he's speaking Titania's lines And he falls in love with Bottom, and it's like a nice switch on the story. And I like when I first was watching it because I knew nothing going into it, which was so much better. um, I'm like, wait, this isn't this isn't right. I know this play. Like this is weird. I don't know what's going on. And then I was like, oh my god, they swapped his lines. This is brilliant. I love it.
1: Interesting. So interesting uh, comparison with like theater because. You mentioned now. I don't. I'm not. A, I don't know a lot about theater, and I don't. I don't watch a lot of theater. But you know, you mentioned me neither. Me <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but now who's gaslighting? Compared
0: compared to my friends that I do theater with, I actually I actively tell them I'm the worst theater kid because they'll they'll make a reference. I'm like I have no idea what you're talking about. You still you know have more than I do. Educate me more. I know. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but you know, you mentioned that they don't like they don't really care. They're just doing it how they want. You know, they're casting how they want, yeah. and they're and they're doing these adaptations. And I feel like. You know, it seems like you're kind of on the same side in the sense that like as long as it's good or as long as like even you just personally enjoy it, that's yeah. that's kind of what you're going for and the comparison that I think of is is Star Wars for me. Like hit it. I I, <laughs> I love every Star Wars movie and I genuinely Great. do like I even yeah. think 7 8 and 9 work. Like, I think that they're not as bad as people think. But I also know that when these conversations come up, I very much make it clear that, like, look, I get all of the criticisms. I understand why you fucking hate 789 or just Star Wars in general. And you're allowed to feel that way. But for me, I could put on episode one. I could put on episode nine. I could put on a spinoff. I can put on one of the TV shows. I can read Mm -hmm. one of the books. I can play one of the games. And no matter what... My enjoyment gonna be through the roof because I just, Mm. I just love it, and I think that that's you know, again, I understand that there's bad parts of Star Wars. There are things that people don't like, but the uh, you mentioned gatekeeping earlier, and that's what made me think of it is that there's a lot of people that even fans of things will be like, oh, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Like, the reason why episode nine doesn't work is because in episode one, there was a line from Pal- and It's like, who fucking cares, dude? If somebody likes that movie, just let them like it. Which I know, yes. like, obviously, we still sit here and we talk shit about, like, things like Rebel Moon. But hey, like... If you're a weirdo missing some but, brain cells and you like Rebel Moon, we're not Rebel talking
0: Moon, shit about Rebel Moon by comparing it to other things. We're, no, I mean, we actually no. watched it and that was our reaction. Like we're not yeah. talking shit about. It. We're reacting to a thing that we saw.
1: And listen, all if right, you like, going. if you like Rebel Moon, great for you. We'll we'll pray for you or something. You know, no, like, great <laughs> for you.
0: I hope I hope you love it forever and it's amazing. Yeah. And that's if that's your style. Good news. There's plenty of shit like that are <laughs> all over the place.
1: Yeah. Right. So, um,
0: but. So, like, yeah, going into – but, I mean, to get – once again, to get a little more heady on it, I, I think a good – it's – I don't know the quote, but I I know what I want to say here. It's comparison is the death of originality, right? So, like, in these oh, yeah. things that we're we've been highlighting and talking about, yes, there are original ideas. Making some of those characters different in Avatar the live action than they were in the cartoon, that's – original right Mm -hmm. that's you looking at it saying this has to be different for whatever purpose right Uh, the creative person it's the creative person looking at it saying this needs to be different for xyz purpose and as long as it's a meaningful and like it's a meaningful shift that adds to the story i think it's positive right but once other people grab hold of it and start comparing it to a thing that they are biased toward, right? So now they're they're using fallibility of thought. They're using the fallacy of uh, the, their own personal bias, right? So personal bias, that's fallacy, and they're comparing the two things. It, what it does is it closes the door on that type of originality, especially when that – when that sort of opinion gets propagated, propagated, when it be, when it goes viral, I think this is a proper term of goes viral because yeah. what it does is it's an invasive thought that exists oftentimes before something even comes out from someone who oftentimes, and I'm just going to say oftentimes, is a gatekeeper, right? And what it does is it, it uh, dilutes or pollutes even the consciousness surrounding something that might even just be good and original, might even just be okay, you yeah. know? Like, and when it comes to the Star Wars movies, Star Wars, like, there was actually, I remember as a kid, like, there was a breadth of, like, Star Wars encyclopedias of, like, beasts and different stormtroopers and droids yep. and different uh different ships that exist, and it was coming from people's imaginations, and, like, there were schematics and, you know, anatomies and stuff like that, and then somewhere along the lines, Lucasfilm said... None of that is canon. Only stuff in the movies is canon. And that's what I think really started that big shift because then all of a sudden you had people taking sides there. And I don't think that was the intention. So I don't really blame Lucasfilms for being like, whoa, 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 we have to rein this in, right? We can't just give everybody Mm -hmm. like creative control over the Star Wars universe. I get that. But at the same time, that's where that schism started. That's where like a lot of the gatekeeping and st- that still exists in Star Wars came from, right? Yeah. So really gatekeeping and comparison... In my, in my opinion, is what kills the originality that we could have with these things. I mean, even just look at Miles Morales. He's Spider-Man, but different. That's it. He's Spider-Man. He's still Spider-Man. They call him Spider-Man. He's just Miles Morales. He's the Miles Morales version of Spider-Man. And he's just different. And mm-hmm. I actually happen to like that one more than I like Spider-Man now, you know?
1: Yeah. And,
0: but... Had I not given it a chance, had I just looked at it and been like, this is unnecessary and a remake, I never would have given myself the ability to enjoy this retelling of this story.
1: I totally, totally agree. And, like, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of it, though. I mean, you're right in the sense that, you know, you've said it a couple times that even an original idea isn't always gonna be fully original and yeah I mean you can change elements of a character like and again I, I kind of understand like maybe having Sokka be as sexist as he was in the cartoon maybe 19 years later that's not the way to go about it maybe he can yeah. have that character arc and, you know I've thought about this and I'm not a writer by any stretch but like Maybe instead of him being openly, you know, like insulting and degrading towards the women around him, maybe he's just not open to their suggestions. And then somewhere along the lines, they suggest something and it works. And then he starts to click with him that, oh, like, maybe I shouldn't discredit people. You know, I mean, like,
0: well, that also that might still be the case. Like we're still days away from ever having (laughs)
1: even witnessed this thing.
0: You know, absolutely right. I, I, I think to even hypothesize on a thing that we have not witnessed yet is like silly yeah um, exactly but but you know like to wrap to wrap up the main conversation that we're having like everything's a remix like if you're going to compare them right like if you if you look at the component pieces of anything else like if you look at a song simply for the sample that it used, like, you're not going to get as much out of it mm-hmm. as if you actually just try to, it, like, take in the song, process it, listen to it, find the meaning and, like, the things that you enjoy about it, right? Same thing with a movie. Same thing with a comic. Because, le- like, let's be real. How many original comics have there been in oh, the past 20 years? Not I many.
1: Mean, yeah. Not many. <laughs> uh, even the ones that people are like, oh, but The Boys. The Boys is original. Without the Justice League. No, the boys not. Yeah, I said, without the Justice no, League, The Boys not. wouldn't exist. And, you know, one – one point that I, I want to make because I think that this I, – I said and I stand by the creator, the movie, yeah. is one of my favorite movies of last year. And again, I understand that it's not for everybody. But even that movie, which is in a – Specifically me, Odie? Yeah, you're specifically. Talking, you're coming, specifically, coming at me right yeah, now, coming at you right now. But I – put them up, Kevin. Um,
0: look, the physics don't make sense. All right. No, <laughs> but
1: like I look at that movie because I recently rewatched it again. Yeah. And you know, it's an original idea, right? But, yeah. There are elements of Terminator. There are elements of Elysium. There are elements of Star Wars. There are elements of Chappie. There are elements of District 9. There are (laughs) elements of so many different movies. And not saying that it's copying them in in a blatant sense of like Rebel Moon, which is my favorite comparison now. But like those ideas that the creator did clearly were inspired and, you know, it's almost like a homage. And I don't really mind that kind of stuff because, like, I think about the movie – have you seen the movie Us from Jordan Peele? Yeah, of course. So when they're on the boardwalk, uh, you know, you can tell when a filmmaker really loves movies because, again, you know, Gareth Edwards with the creator, obviously all those, like, little little hints of other things. But Jordan Peele yeah. in the movie Us, there is a deep cut – deep cut reference where they're on the boardwalk in the beginning of yeah. the movie and um, I forget the character's name but the uh, the wife of the the main the fo- main character the main family the, the, the woman the wife I yeah, can't remember the her name the main character yeah the main character um okay. she's walking on the boardwalk and she looks back at the carousel and she makes a comment about them filming a movie that was pretty crazy at the carousel the movie mm-hmm. she is talking about is the movie The Lost Boys from Joel Schumacher from 1987, where, yes, most of it was filmed on a Warner Brothers soundstage, but the parts that were acting as the fake California town were filmed in that same location that Jordan Peele was filming us. And so he put a line about The Lost Boys and us that if you didn't know The Lost Boys was filmed in that location and stuff, like, you wouldn't know that, but Jordan Peele did. And I think that that is where and i know this doesn't really have doesn't really tie into the remakes and retakes and stuff but like i love that there is so much content out there whether it be a remake or original or whatever that when you that there are filmmakers out there and they're my favorite filmmakers that put homages and references and little lines that go to other works of art that inspired them because the lost boys is something that jordan peele has quoted before like Without these things before, whether they're original or not, we wouldn't have the things we have now. And I just think that yeah. that is just—I don't know—I lo- ne- I love those little like pieces of. Well, and think, think about how many
0: double and triple entendres that we get, it, like lyrically in music, that are just their homages to the things that influenced those artists, right? Like yeah. that's how that works. I mean, gent. The style of gent, even just the the name of the genre, the metal genre gent, comes from the sound made by the guitars of Meshuga. <laughs> like that's where that comes from. And you know you've got you're, you're referencing Jordan Peele, but also like Wes Anderson. Lots of homages to oh Wes God, Anderson yeah. films, right? You know, Christopher Nolan, good homages to things that influenced him. Even James Gunn, like the whole entire soundtrack to Guardians of the Galaxy is an homage to music he (laughs) loved. You know, everything is really properly a remix, and it's only when we judge and compare and mire ourselves in our own biases that we ruin any amount of originality that they could have had, right? So really, like whether or not um whether or not it's objectively good is up to the person who's making it right so like ultimately things can be objectively good and bad based on the elements that we know to be good and bad we can actually say that that's not just an opinion like it's something that that can be registered on a scale but but beyond that there's 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 the subjective good right and you and i've talked about this a lot and so when it comes to remakes and retakes like like there's the the review that i either come away with is uh it was good overall like i not only was it like original and did i i appreciated like what was done with it the adaptation or whatever it is or the medium shift whatever it is right it's either it was it was all good and i really enjoyed it or like even great right yeah or it was um objectively good but not necessarily fun or anything original like you know or it was fun but not necessarily objectively good like you know like and that happens too and and then the and then there's the worst version which is just it was neither of those but that is completely subjective right so on that scale you go from objective to subjective and for every single person you kind of have to combine the objectivity of what you and objectivity is affected by subjectivity yes okay but like you have to combine The relative objective scale that you use to assess any form of medium that you're taking in with your own personal subjective scale in order to properly weigh something out. And and going back to where we were talking before, like that can be tainted if you consume someone else's subjective opinions before you go into it, Mm. you know, and now those can be useful a la critics reviews if you're unsure about what movie you want to see and you don't want to waste money this weekend you know like yeah. like that there's there are things there's arguments to be made for that but ultimately i would say one of the best things that you can do and something that i've continued to do is go in relatively blind on things you know like rings of power i did not do my research on right i know a mm. lot of the lord of the rings universe i went into rings of power blind and i because i wasn't consuming all of the hate that people had for this female lead right off the rip. I was able to go through it and go, Oh, you know what? Actually, I'm enjoying a lot of this. I see the credit, like as the weeks went on, I was like, okay, I see the criticism people have, but I'm actually enjoying this show overall right um i have since gone back and watched the first couple episodes and it was relatively painful and i was like oh these first couple episodes are bad Mm. the first time i watched them they were good the second time i watched them i was like oh this wasn't as good as the first time which is fine that just means it's not holding up that's a completely different scale but I sent you the picture. I'm pumped for season Season two. two. I don't care that we're telling Sauron's backstory. I don't care. Like I'm not a Lord of the Rings fan who's gonna be like, you can't do that. Like no, fuck off. Like he barely has a backstory. Yeah. It like we his backstory is like base level descriptive myth in the Silmarillion, which is like the nerdiest of Lord of the Rings tomes, right? It's like the (laughs) Bible for Lord of the Rings. So like, and his backstory is not even that long. And so So you don't know a lot about him,
1: even in the movies. Yeah. So I think,
0: so I think it's cool to get into that realm and like to experiment with that and to see different takes on things. And you know, I'm like when Avatar, the last airbender comes out, I'm sure I'll find some time in my schedule to watch the first episode, you know, like, uh, and, and going to back to, I think I, I said this before we even started recording. Um, I got my book for into the woods this week. Oh yeah. And the producer told me, Hey, uh, this is going to be different than any other like uh, book that you might have already seen or had, or like a PDF. If you downloaded it, like we have PDFs available for you of this version. There's different songs that we have options to do toward the end of it. There's all, there's a little bit of different dialogue. Like th- some things have been shifted and That's good. That's necessary. Like, I don't want to do the 1980 whatever version of Into the Woods. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to do our version. And that's what you are doing every single time an actor plays a different role. And I think that's why I brought up theater and why it's actually hyper relevant in theater is because – I mean even just recently you had Josh Groban swap out for Aaron Tveit in uh Sweeney Todd. Those are two different Sweeney Todds. They're happening within the same year. Like they're, it's not even like they're shutting down the production and then bringing it back with Aaron mm. Tveit. It's like, "Hey, no, we're just swapping Sweeneys for you guys <laughs> like that's <laughs> it's going to be a different swapping experience." You know, but like they do that—that that happens on Broadway. The the original cast of Hadestown, Town, you know, like a lot of them have moved on and started doing other things, and now new people are coming in, and they're getting their chance to bring a little bit of life to Hadestown. Town. And so in that. Uh what's kind of interesting in theater is everybody has their favorite version of different characters, you know? Like yeah. like so many of the theater people that I'm I'm now spending more time with, they're they're t- they're sharing with me their favorites and I think it's super cool because they all highlight something different about these characters, you know? They all highlight something new or creative or original even though it's the same fucking story. <laughs> like <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> like and I think I think we culturally on a on a grander scale could maybe take notes from that and be like all right cool well, let's watch it let's see you know what's the worst like the worst thing maybe it's okay and, and if it's bad it's bad and we just go oh yeah that sucked bummer yeah, i mean you know there's nothing is, to be raged enraged about <laughs>
1: totally i mean that's that is exactly why every once in a while i do this i'm going to go see every movie yeah. that's a big release regardless yeah. if it's something i want to see or would see because you know, I'm being a little bit more careful with TV shows, but TV shows are a big commitment. Eight, one-hour episodes, that's a big commitment. But yeah. you know, two, three hours to go to the movies, I, mm-hmm. I have discovered some movies that way that like I never would have given the time of day if I hadn't just yeah. been like, well, I guess I'm going to watch this. And then I go in and I'm like, oh, I had zero expectations and this movie was actually pretty good or pretty fun. And I think that mm-hmm. that's, that's an important part is just, I don't know, I mean it's easy for me to sit here and say it because like I love movies and content like that so much that I, I watched the beekeeper and was giddy in my seat having a great time you know like of course you know like th- I and just, I would
0: probably be like crawling in my skin watching that it's fine <laughs> yeah like
1: you love the fast and the furious so I mean
0: because yeah, you know everything
1: man. about that franchise
0: yeah for sure you know what um I'm going in with no expectations as to what your jam is this week what's your jam <laughs>
1: that's a good segue that's a good segue kevin (laughs) that is a good segue thank Um, you so in the spirit of remakes and retakes i watched Uh an old classic star wars from 2008 (laughs) star wars no there was no movie there's no star wars in 2008 there's no movie of star wars in 2008 you're wrong so you Um, made one yeah i made one actually no you're you made okay. a star Wars you're, you're literally guessing like so adjacent to this movie have you seen be kind rewind with jack black and moss def yes so that movie for those of you that don't know jack black and moss def run a a video store yeah, yeah. like blockbuster it's 2008 so it's vhs's but because black jack black's character is like a conspiracy nut job pretty much he and he's paranoid he wears tinfoil and he ends up erasing all of the vhs tapes so him and Mostef decide that instead of just like they can't find replacement tapes so they're just gonna recreate these movies bootleg yeah they just recreate them like 20 minute versions and it ends up being a huge hit and they recreate movies like ghostbusters and robocop and uh boys in the hood and like a lot, yeah. a lot, a lot, a lot of classic movies. Or I guess it'd always movies. Hilarious. It's if you love movies and you're and you love homages, as we've been talking about, I watched this movie specifically last night in preparation for this episode because I remember really liking it at the time and I've only seen it once. And okay. I, I watched it now for the second time and I mm-hmm. love this movie. It is such a good mm-hmm. time. It's on HBO Max. It's a it's a breeze. It's got a really good story. And I I just I really like the way it's done. It's very comical in that in like the 2008 sense. And it's just, Mm -hmm. it's a good way to like do remakes and retakes and also make them homages. And like, I firmly believe that if I'd owned a video store in the mid 2000s, and a video camera, I probably would have attempted something like this if I was in my 20s. Nice, It's great.
0: my i in preparation for this episode i too did a little uh research i i re uh the worst remake ever rebel moon baby no just, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I, no i uh actually uh so my jam this week unintentional uh but relevant uh a, a bunch of people and i've been seeing it at the bookstore for like years now. Mm-hmm. Um but a bunch of people recently who are friends of mine from like Magic the Gathering and like some some lady friends of mine, they all have recommended Sarah J. Moss's uh series, the uh, Court of Throne and Roses, uh mm. which goes up through like a court of like, I don't know, Silver and Flame and what ash and something and, like they all have like two elements, they're all courts. Uh <laughs> it's all about fairies and it's very mystical. Um but it's it's a good series and she does amazing world building. Once again uh, super influenced, right? So everything's a remix. This is all. This is like as I'm listening to this, I'm like, oh yeah, I know this fairy lore. Like this is all fae lore. Like that's yeah. cool. And fae lore is something that's really interesting as it's been developed from, uh, like pagan days in I want to say even like the 1500s up through now. And so we've had like we've actually. Even here in this country, we've culturally added lore to it that is now like kind of canonized within the mm. the, the greater accepted mythology of Fae. Um, but it's, so it's cool to hear all those elements coming together. But uh, a really interesting thing happened with it. I'm going through like the first five chapters of the audiobook. I'm not going to spoil a lot because I think people actually really should listen to these. So it's called – a lot of people abbreviate it abbreviate the series by calling it Acatar, right a court of thorn and roses right mm. court of thorns and roses akatar so i'm listening to the first akatar book uh and i'm going through the first five chapters and a lot of the elements in my mind i'm just like this is just this this is beauty and the beast like this is this is what's happening right now this is this is, this is the plot of this um like, uh, you know, it doesn't give too much away, but like her her dad has like a uh, physical ailment. Uh she's fending for her family and is uh relatively the main character's relatively like regarded as being weird and an outcast and her family's not really well looked upon. And then uh because of something she does she has to like this guy comes and he's a magical fae and he's like you have to come live with me forever because that's the rules also i'm cursed and uh i was like oh cool this is just my friend checked in on me uh, my friend james and james was like oh hey what do you think of the book and i was like i was like well uh it's the most eloquent and fantastical version of a stockholm syndrome story i've ever <laughs> listened to first off <laughs> uh i go second and, and, and like and James was like, Oh, it's interesting that you picked up on that. I'm like, what do you mean it's interesting I picked up on that? It's literally Beauty and the Beast. Like, <laughs> it's the elements of Beauty and the Beast. Even down to like there's a wolf in the beginning that's relatively pivotal to the story. I'm like, that's in Beauty and the Beast. Um, but had I just judged it on its face for for the elements that were similar to a story I had already read, I would not be up to chapter thirty nine now, where oh, wow. like it gets dark and crazy in ways I did not expect. Hmm. And I was like, I got up to, I'm up on chapter, i chapter 39. And like, like it, it's adult. Like the main character gets like beat up pretty bad. Like, I'm like, wow, this is Hmm. not where I thought this was going, but like, there's some, (laughs) the other thing that's funny is everybody who's recommended it to me. is like, you'll love the world building. And I do. (laughs) And they were like, also we should warn you. It gets a little smutty. And it does. <laughs> and, so, and so, and I normally am, I'm not, a, I, I don't know if you know this about me, Odie. I'm not a paperback romance reader, but yeah. now I can say that I've dabbled. Um, Interesting. This is, and it's not a paperback romance by any means. It's an uh, yeah. epic adventure. Uh, it's really cool. And I do love every bit of world building. I, I'm very interested in the characters. I, I am getting invested in them. But some of it, I'm like, oh, this is a CW show. They're going to dry up ah. in a couple pages, you know, Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. All right, cool. This is very Twilight of them. So I'll just wait for this to
1: come out as like a Netflix original movie or TV show. I
0: I think it's in the works of being adapted right now. Of course.
1: I wouldn't Um, be surprised. But
0: but, uh, actually, you know, if you get the time, I would recommend reading it. It's it's very well written. Uh, Sarah J. Moss actually does this really cool thing. There's a character in the book who swears a lot. And instead of having the words there that the character's using for swear words, she just says that he swore as he's doing something so like huh. he swore as he as he unsheathed his sword and i'm like it's any word i want it to be at first i was like what what did he say but like a few chapters in i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna imagine what he's saying like, Given the, the so in reader my mind little, this guy's just yeah this guy's yeah. just running around going fuck shit like,
1: <laughs> a little reader imagination i like when authors yeah. do that when they they leave a little something ambiguous so you can kind of fill it in yeah. She fun. did
0: a really good job uh at one point one of the characters is uh setting another character's broken nose, and she did a really good job describing that. And that that mm. to me is nothing but prose. There's nothing poetic about that. It's a thing that needs to happen in order for you to in order for someone to be better. And like like she did a very good job not over overly poeticizing it and making it short and sweet, describing yeah. it and like and then also, like, kind of, like, wrapping that whole scene up really quick. And that's, to me, that's early signs of someone who's going to, like, I feel like as these books go on, the writing's only going to get better or, like, more rich. Or at least, I you know, I have that inclination to believe that way because that was even just something that simple was that well done, you know? Yeah. So that's my jam.
1: It's a book. Ugh. Sorry, I'm You're not You're tired. Wow. We, no, we have still... remaked
0: and retaked ourselves into a tired state.
1: No, I just, uh, man, it's been, it's been a week and it's been a morning already.
0: Yes, it has. But no, I love the jam. But That's it. Yeah, that's
1: Thanks. that's pretty much. That's the that's end all, of the podcast. That's all my thoughts. That's where
0: we're at. What what movie would you retake, and why would you cast Danny DeVito in it? And what movie or what what character would he
1: play? Okay, um, I would. Can I can I give you two? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. First one would be first Iron Man have Danny DeVito be Iron Man. Yeah. I think that'd be great. But make yeah. the suit like skin tight, not CGI, like a skin tight spandex.
0: Just spandex. And just he's not actually even Iron Man. Yeah, <laughs> just, just spandex. And then man. like
1: poorly like CGI green screen it and like just let Danny DeVito be Danny DeVito. No helmet, always his head. Yeah. Just hundred percent I want him in that. And then yeah. the other one um, I would remake the Avatar uh, movies with the blue people, and I would have yep. Danny DeVito uh, play Sam Worthington's main Avatar character. Perfect. Yeah,
0: I love that. I my my favorite remake retake prompts ever, and it's a it's a little memeified at this point. But I love when people suggest remaking a movie and keeping only one character and having the rest of the characters be muppets oh my god like like, like <laughs> dune dune and timothy chalamet is the only character you keep everyone else is a muppet i would <laughs> you know, do oh like,
1: my god or, i would <laughs> i would do or like yeah
0: lord of the rings and the only character you keep is gandalf and everyone else is a muppet you <laughs> See, know like
1: my, my mind immediately <laughs> went to fast and furious but make the cars muppets too so that way, it's Whoa. just it's just Vin Diesel, and anytime there's a car chase, it's just like two cars on sticks going like up and down, but not moving. Like the the background's moving, but the cars are yeah. just like going up and down. Like old. You know what shows. I would love
0: about that is, uh, Muppets often have a lot of banter, so the cars would banter with each other. Yeah, the cars you would know? be sentient. Could you imagine like 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 a like a Fozzie Bear Honda Civic just like. <laughs> 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 Like a, 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 a Kermit the Frog Miata. <laughs> <Like just laughs> the tagline. Ripping. Up,
1: I ain't got friends. I got felt. Boom. Perfect. Love it. Ba, 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 <laughs> ba, 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 ba. I
0: love that we ended up
1: Fast and the Furious two weeks in
0: a row. <laughs> Unintentional. All right.
1: You, I'm pretty. Are sure. you recording now? Yes, I'm recording. I'm glad you're recording
0: now. You did an entire report about Fast and Furious. Look, off you the said top you of my to, head, so I yeah, can do this I off know, top of my head. Look, uh, no, you can't. Yes, I can. This is more varying and nah. different than Fast and the Furious. Nah. This is. I can it's do just it off different. top of my head. No, you can't. Yep,
1: I can. All right. Well, fine. You can.